Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Yeah. Um, I will say also, talk about the bipartisan issue. This is a crazy New York story, Mike Barnacle. Uh, you have illegal immigrants. In, in New York, they beat the hell out of cops. They get sent to jail. They get released the next day. Oh, yeah. The next day. And, and by the way, and by the way, politicians say, I don't understand. Why do people think crime's out of control? I don't understand. And you've got leaders in Washington going, well, you know, I don't think we can arrest people and incarcerate them. I don't think that's the way to safer streets. I don't know all while they're all while they're passing legislation that says steal what you want to steal up to a thousand dollars, we're cool with it. You know, for people who are not familiar with what you're talking about here, there were two police officers over the weekend in Times Square, a very busy Times Square, uh, and they began trying to arrest uh, someone who was disrupting p- the peace, and they were attacked by eight to ten, perhaps twelve other people, young men, migrants illegal citizens that we hear illegally they jumped all over the cops kicked them beat them uh the cops managed god bless the cops they managed to arrest two or three yeah, four hold on to them four of them yep. uh and yet mm. here's the security camera showing the assault of there you go the police officers in new york times square and they were just bounced go they they, they go in and again, because somebody's idea of of uh, of reform is letting people who beat the hell out of cops out of jail the next day. Mm, sounds like there's there's uh, I'm sorry, there's nothing racist about you know when people say oh it's racist to have this with the bell this or bell that. Rev, we y- y- you hear it, I hear it, you hear it in. in Wherever you go, there's no, no, so, you know, revolving doors aren't a solution. Letting somebody beat the hell out of a New Yorker one day and be walking on the street the next, I mean, that's a recipe for chaos. And, and the biggest problem right now, because there is a solution. There is a solution, and the solution's waiting for Republicans mm-hmm. to, 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 to sign on to and to have it signed into the law it's called by republicans the toughest border mm-hmm. security uh law ever and and right now you've got house republicans stopping it so because we're going to keep Trump. seeing chaos like this and welcome back to flower politic podcast it is the third of february year of our lord 2024 that's mr scarborough we're back in election time, so we're going to dog normals. That's what we're going to do. 
I had a second one for it. Today is just going to be all politics, maybe a little woke, but this one got under my craw, so I'm going to play this. It's about the Swift stuff. But a talented and beautiful woman is on the air, one who would never pay attention to lonely men, and it bothers them. There's a stat out there, it's kind of uncomfortable for you sad guys, that 50% of men never have real intimacy with a woman. That means the other 50% have multiple intimate relationships with women. And those ones that don't are angry and sad and lonely, and they are often misogynistic and resent women who didn't give them the time they think they... Really? You know, there's some truth to the what Taylor Swift represents. Now, if you know Taylor Swift or you know her history, which I do because I'm an idiot and I got a little crush on her last... Well, I got a big crush on her last summer, so I researched all sorts of stuff about Taylor Swift. Um, You know, she's just a person who has had a bad luck with relationships. Part of it is that she's perpetually stuck in this branding, so she has to act like a young girl and she lives in a fishbowl, which would make it really hard to have a relationship. So as a father, an adult, a male in this world, I feel really bad that she has to have relationships like this. But I think what he's missing is also Travis Kelsey. For me, a guy who finds her to be incredibly beautiful, I don't really have a crush anymore because I broke it out through therapy and replaced a crush with somebody else because it was too painful to watch these two lovebirds do their lovebird shit, even though it wasn't real in my head, but I'm not mentally well, I'm on happy pills, and it makes me kind of weird. He represents that guy in school, the guy at work, the guy that always gets what he wants. It's not because he's better than anybody else. People say, oh, he's a world-class athlete. Look at that guy. Not world-class athlete. He's just a big guy. He's just a big guy, and he had a quarterback that fed him the goddamn ball at nauseum. Mark Chamura was him. Jackson was him. There's so many tight ends who are just like him. Big, tall dude, throw the ball at him. He's bigger than the linebackers. He catches it. That's not really, like, great. Yeah, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's just just the tight end. We're not talking like a, a... It's a guy who's not fast enough to be... A fucking wide receiver and he isn't strong enough to be a lineman so they put him at tight end but he's the guy that always gets everything he's always perfect I think that irks me more than her every time I see that guy I just get angry because I know that guy that guy doesn't put any work in. That guy gets everything he wants. He always gets the girl. He always gets the money. He always gets everything perfect. His life is just perfect. And you bust your ass and you don't get ahead. And you bust your ass, you never get a win. And you never get a girl like Taylor Swift. Because Taylor Swift doesn't look at guys like you. It has nothing to do with your low life or whatever. She's a status girl. Her whole thing is branding. She wanted a status person to outstatus the last status. Nobody knew who Joe Alwyn was. I didn't even know they were dating. Because he didn't want the fishbowl. But he's a big 
actor who's not super popular. And she gets the prom king, the high school football star. It's everything she never had. Some dating little scrawny guys. And he says, I want to date that girl. And she goes for it. And now they pretend they love each other. They've known each other since September, they say. There's, they're talking about marriage. There's sources in the camp. So if you're saying guys at the house are misogynistic because they don't want to see one of the most beautiful women and the girl get hugged and kissed by a dude that they all fucking hate... You're wrong. It's not misogynist. It's, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that when maybe I don't have a woman. Maybe I'm older now and I feel less unattractive or more unattractive. And younger women don't even look at me because I'm old and i got a gray beard. And my head's down and I said, I see you leave me alone. When I put my head up and I don't act my age... Yeah, at the gym, I have young girls talk to me and and flirt, and it's nice. I enjoy it. So I do get noticed now. So I got back in shape, but it's reminding people you're old, you're ugly. You never got the cheerleader. And that dickhead does, and he always gets it. So that's part of it. I'll give them that. They don't want to see the prettiest girl in the world right now getting pawed by a dickhead that they're sick of watching their whole life get whatever they want because of genetics, not because they actually worked for it. But the bigger thing is that you're forcing a relationship that most of the world, including Swifties, I have been to Reddit. I read Swifty comments about this because I'm bored. They even think it's fake. It's awkward. They whisper. They hug. I love you so much it's not funny. I love you too is what she says. Then she got on an airplane and she flew the fuck away. That's not a relationship. Most of the world is saying we're sick of seeing this because we think it's bullshit and it's fake. That's not a righty. It's not a lefty. That's a human thing. Like It's really weird that these two people all of a sudden can't get off my TV And her, a person that's all about branding and all about being a brand because that's how she sells and makes money. That's how she's a billionaire, not criticizing, is now with the status symbol dude. And we can't get him off our screen in September to October, November, December. In four months, they're madly in love with each other. But she gets on a plane and she flies away. Why? Because people track her playing because they want her canceled because she's flying a private jet. Already covered last podcast. Stupid as fuck. Go fuck yourself. You're saying that shit while you're on a fucking petroleum base phone. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. She could stop flying tomorrow. It's not going to change anything because you people will find something else. It's not cow farts. It's rabbit turds. There's some shit you're going to say is killing the planet. Shut up. But they're sick of seeing the relationship forced down their neck. It's not about her. It's not about him. It's about we tuned in for football, not two beautiful people doing a forced kiss and hugging each other awkwardly in the middle of the field. This is about football. We don't want to watch the beautiful girl every 10 seconds pretend to know she knows what's going on about the game and faux excitement and do the swag surf. 
People don't want to see that. That's not what they tuned in for. If they wanted to tune in for that, they'd be on MTV or VH1, or they'd watch her 85 documentaries that are out there. I've only watched one, Miss Americana. Felt bad for her. I think it's sad. Her life's sad. Her parents pushed her into this shit. Now it's something she wants. But let's be honest, she doesn't have a nice life. It's a sucky life. It's a really shitty life. I'd hate to have that life. I wouldn't want it. And constantly be on a, You can't even take a dump without people watching. Anyway, so I don't think it's misogynism. I don't think it's mega. I don't think it's right wing. There's so many multiple factors in the fact that we're seeing in a relationship that's being forced down our neck. And it's more than her. It's him. I hate that guy. It's not because I used to have a crush on her. I just hate guys like that. I busted my ass my entire life. And I've always just been good. I've never had my excellent. I got a beautiful girl. But she was the predator and I was the prey. Because I never had that. I never had the gene to be able to go, Hey, I want to date you. Come on, lady. Or some other... See, I don't even have a line to pretend to have a line. I don't have lines. I don't have any game. I get around beautiful women and I freeze because I'm a humble dude. It's my downfall. He will hit it and quit it. Even if he marries her, he's not going to stay with her. The dude jumps around in relationships. He's a player. He says oral sex is mandatory. Who the fuck says that? hate that guy and there's a lot of guys that hate that guy and there's a lot of women that hate her with a fucking passion my wife hates Taylor I can't even say her name in the house just about the subject when it comes on TV she changes the commercial or she changes the channel she doesn't want nothing to do with it she fucking hates her and I listen when I'm out and about a lot of people don't like her they're done with her She's been overexposed. She's been shoved down our neck for a fucking year. We've had nothing but error to her, and we're done with it. Her music is great if you're into that type of music, but it's for a certain market of the country, not football fans. So it could be Madonna. It could be the Kardashians. It could be anything, and people blow back at it because they're sick of seeing it. They didn't tune in for it. They don't want to see beautiful people having a beautiful life with their beautiful beautifulness, getting on their planes and flying around and having fancy shit. She, she has jewelry made with 87 on it. A normal woman can't do that. A normal guy can't afford it. She's a billionaire. She walks around with a blue book handing out $100 bills for tips, which is sweet. It's very nice of her. But people don't want to see that because their lives are garbage. They'll never have their Taylor Swift and they'll never have their Travis Kelsey because they never got born with that gene to be a beautiful, perfect person. We talk a lot about left and right, but I think I say it at nauseum on the show. It's a class problem. It's not politics. There are haves and there's have-nots and a lot of people are sick of being not. Never getting their victory, never getting recognized. There are plenty of talented young girls in this country, and I mean this as a person who respects her, thinks she's the last icon of our time, thinks she's incredibly gorgeous. She's Audrey Hepburn in a dress, 
there's plenty of talented pretty girls that'll never get a shot at being what Taylor Swift is. She had rich parents. They financed it. Then, with hard work and her talent, she became something. But without that financing, she never would have got off YouTube. Troll YouTube and see kids. There are young girls that are way more talented than she was. They'll never get the lad day. There are plenty of guys who busted their ass in the gym, will have better stats in high school and better stats in college than Kelsey did. But Kelsey had a brother that helped him get into the NFL because he wasn't that good of a player. And then he had a quarterback that is phenomenal and makes everybody around him look better. Everybody. And he's been with that quarterback. And his stats are insane because he's the outlet man. The tight end's the outlet. So he has crazy stats. And now he's the greatest guy in the world. But there's plenty of guys that have better talent than him, and they'll never get the shot. They'll never get the shot. So you can't distill it down to misogynistic right wing. You can't. There's so many factors and variables in every situation in our country right now, and everybody wants to make it a mega socialist, Marxist, whatever the fuck the right's calling them now, problem, and that's not the case. It's a class problem. There's more nots than haves, and we're sick of having the haves rubbed in our face. End of rant. Let's go into a nice soundbite. This is Omar getting censured. Mr. Speaker, pursuant to Clause 2A, one of Rule 9, I seek recognition to give notice of my intent to raise a question of the privileges of the House. The form of the resolution is as follows. Recognized. Censuring Representative Ilhan Omar of Somalia, I mean Minnesota. Whereas elected members of Congress take an oath to bear true faith and allegiance to the United States without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. Whereas now, I got to say that's French kiss because that is her who got censured, who got kicked off committee because she was a moon bat while the left was letting a lady who literally fucking all she does is fucking talk about Somalia. This is now the universal photo for Joe Biden. And this is an incident that I did not cover in the last podcast of a bunch of illegals who are now in California because they can get away out there and nothing will happen. Flipping off the camera after they got released because they beat the shit out of cops and nobody fucking cares. Hmm. Very, very interesting. This is that lady we used to cover, by the way. She put this up instead of put red lipstick because Mega likes red. And she flicked him off. Okay, great. That's sweet. Sweet girl. Sweet, sweet girl. So, I got this in my inbox. And, uh, by the way, the S24 phone, motherfuck shit crap. Good gooly goo. It's so fucking good. It has way too many um, notifications. But I'm glad on this one. 
Scoop, Biden obsessed with Morning Joe, calls Scarborough often, vents about media. President often calls co-host Joe Scarborough, a former Republican congressman, now a harsh critic of Donald Trump, to get Scarborough's take on issues and sometimes vent about media coverage, according to people familiar with the relationship. During the day, Biden has long asked his staff whether they saw a story or poll or segment that had been on the show. He included show regulars in an off-record conversation with policy experts. Biden pays particular attention to and is consulted with Morning Joe regulars, such as longtime reporter Mike Barnacle, also known as Democrat Mike Barnacle, foreign policy expert Richard Haas, also known as Democrat Richard Haas, and historian John Meacham, who is his speechwriter and also freaking a super Democrat. So, yeah. Yeah, there's that. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to Mr. Perfect. Last month, Texas saw three to 4,000 illegals cross daily in Del Rio sector. Now the number is down to 200 per day because the Texas National Guard did something. Now they're going to California and Arizona. 72% of new border crossing are single males. And they're all happening in two states. And we're doing nothing about it. Just wanted to get that in. That was off the first soundbite. Now back to Miss Omar. Omar is a duly elected member of the House. She is American as anyone in the chamber. Shut your fucking asshole. Shut your asshole. So Joe Scarborough, on our last show, was our, this is America saying, hey, we need to bomb motherfuckers. And guess what? Biden tells a reporter they decided how to respond to the attacks that killed U.S. troops in Jordan. So he launched a bunch of attacks on them. Hooties. But guess what the left thinks? I didn't know this. Iraq, Syria, Yemen, Somalia, and giving Israel the bombs to continue to flatten Gaza and bury babies under rubble. So no, I won't be voting for this psychopath. And here's the thing. This is all over the fucking place. And this is the picture that goes with it. God, that's almost Trumpian. So they gave Trump. Fucking crazy. Not good. So let's talk about the border. Here's ABC rushes to pen the sort of border bill and a bunch of border stuff and a, a coverage of how they do the border coverage, which is just unfucking believable. And fret, NBC frets again over Biden's electoral promises because they know this border thing is now affecting liberals, blacks, Martians, gay people. Fucking name it, man. Name it. The demographics do not lie. He's fucking up. Back here at home now into the crisis at the border. For months, Republicans have put pressure on President Biden to do something. And now with Senate Republicans and Democrats close to the first potential bipartisan deal on immigration in years, tonight House Republicans say they're not interested. Instead, moving forward in their effort to impede. We turn now to the border, and tonight the eye-opening message from a leading Senate Republican who was asked if House Republicans should tune out Donald Trump on this. Rachel Scott on the Hill. Today, Donald Trump turning up the pressure on Republicans to reject the border security bill their own party has demanded for months. Trump attacking the compromise bill Senate Republicans and Democrats are working on together saying, call it the stupid bill and make sure it doesn't get passed. The bad border deal would be worse than no deal at all. Trump wants to kill the bill so he can run on immigration in the general election. 
but Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell vowing to push forward. Obviously, this is an incredibly challenging uh, political discussion we've been having. I still favor trying to make law when you can. Conservative Republican Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma, who has been leading the negotiations, tells me Republicans have been waiting for this moment for 30 years. Republicans have talked about this for a long time. We've done lots of press conferences. We've done lots of trips to the border. We've done lots of moments to be able to say something needs to be done. This is our something moment. And to Republicans, to Republicans that are watching what the former president is saying, calling it a betrayal, calling it a stupid bill, are you just telling them to tune that out? No, I'm just telling them to read the bill and make their own decision on it. Donald Trump has called the Senate bill ridiculous, insisting it will only make things worse. But here's the thing. Nobody even knows what's in that compromise yet. It is still being negotiated, David. Not even made public. Overnight, House Republicans move one step closer to impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas over his handling of the border, but with no evidence of high crimes and misdemeanors. The battle right now. We're going to delay this now in House Republicans push to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over his handling of the southern border, despite no evidence of high crimes or misdemeanors. Democrats in leading legal scholars across the political spectrum argue this does not meet the constitutional standard for impeachment. Even the lawyer that defended Donald Trump in his very first impeachment trial says the grounds on which Republicans are trying to impeach Secretary Mayorkas on are unconstitutional and vague. But still Republicans are moving forward with a rare move that we haven't seen in 150 years. The politics there, the showdown over the border crisis, a committee voted along party lines, you've heard that before, to ask the House to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Republicans are accusing him of failing to limit immigration at the southern border, but there is little, if any, evidence that Mayorkas broke any laws. And while House Republicans were working to impeach him over immigration, they were also saying they would block a bipartisan deal to help fix the issue. The issue of border security is now clearly tied up in campaign politics, and last night's marathon debate only further exposed the divide. Thousands of miles from the southern border where the Biden administration is grappling with thousands of illegal migrant crossings a day, House Republicans set their sights on the nation's Homeland Security Secretary. We know voters rank immigration as one of their top issues. I've heard it. There are pollsters have heard that. And it's especially true among Republican voters, which may, might make you think the House GOP has an incentive to work with the Senate on an immigration bill, but it doesn't seem to be working out that way. House Republicans vote to advance their impeachment effort against Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas without... Another challenge for President Biden here? Cratering support from Michigan's huge Arab-American population demanding a ceasefire in Gaza. I think he is funding a genocide. The president today said he understood that pain and passion. But that's not enough for Lori Kamle Ajluni in the Detroit suburbs. How disappointed are you with the Biden administration? I'm heartbroken. I am so hurt that it's a feeling of betrayal. She voted for Mr. Biden in 2020, but now... There is a widespread underground campaign of... Arabs of Muslims where we cannot morally support President Biden. So if not President Biden, would you vote for former President Trump? No. So who would you vote for? I would write in on the ballot, ceasefire, free Palestine. Even though that could potentially give the election to former President Trump? If things don't change, then I have no choice. In 2020, President Biden won Michigan by just 154,000 votes, losing. What they won't say is those Arab and Americans are up in Michigan because Obama put all of them there so they could get more Islamic fucking people elected. 
it was all a ploy. It's just like the left, what they're doing with the fucking illegals. They're dropping them off in red districts. But I love this soundbite. This is from Tapper. Recalls Clinton area being somewhat more reality-based. Jake, how long have you been covering politics in Washington? Oh, like a quarter century, something like that. Quarter century. The late 90s, yeah. And it yeah. started, it was a different job back then. It was a different job. I mean, it's it started during the Bill Clinton era, uh, but yeah, it was it was somewhat more reality based than it, <laughs> than it is than it is today. Yeah, is that difficult? The fact that it is like that we're in a we're in a time now where somebody can you can have evidence, you can see it on videotape, you can hear it with your own ears, and people go like, no, that didn't happen. It's bizarre. Like I know you've commented a bunch of times on this uh, Taylor Swift, uh, right. Travis Kelsey insanity this conspiracy theory and and it's so bizarre and one of the reasons i think it happens is because the people on the far right who come up with this nonsense their incentive structure is come up with nonsense for clicks come up with nonsense for clicks what was the mueller about then because that was all nonsense it was all proven to be false the whole goddamn story was bullshit Is that nonsense? I'm trying to find it. Where the fuck is it? Doink. Hold on. Hold on. How about this nonsense, Jake Tapper? Thompson's committee had gathered a trove of information. The challenge, what to do with it. The one thing that we knew was the information that we have is compelling. The thing we needed to do was tell that to the American people in a compelling way. So that's why we brought in a former president of ABC News. Yeah, I got a call pretty much out of the blue um, from the January the 6th committee. They wanted, they wanted a storyteller. And while they were brilliant, they were brilliant lawyers. Storytelling for a mass audience is not what they do. To bring in a guy like this who would think outside the box really did prove to be fruitful. And it was Goldston who really began to envision this as, in a way, a kind of mini-series, that there would be you know, sort of nine episodes and that these episodes would tackle particular themes. Attack on the Capitol, the investigation. The first hearing was primetime television. As the nation is about to witness a defining moment, the first hearing before the country, the results of the January 6th investigation. This is an extraordinary moment in American history. When it came to that first hearing, we knew how high the stakes were. Is about to hold its first primetime hearing. We were either gonna, you know, make people realize that this was important, you know, or once, once you've lost them, you've, you've lost them for good. On the evening of June 9th, 8.01 p.m., the doors opened. My heart was beating pretty fast on June 9th. And it, it was a real question uh, of, is this going to work or not? All right, everybody, here we go. Five on the line, please. I'm in this tiny control room right up the stairs from Cannon Caucus. And we count down to, to the start of the hearing. And at that point, 
What can you do? Here we go. In three, two, one. The select committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol will be in order. Without objection. We wanted to make sure that this was a presentation that would grab the audience and hold on to them. Chairman Thompson loved to say, it's got to pop. Huh. PBS documentary January 6th committee admits the entire thing was a publicity stunt. Fabricated TV production meant to manipulate the audience, which is why they brought in the former president of ABC News, James Goldston, who envisioned this as a miniseries. We knew how high the stakes were. We were either going to make people realize that this was important. Once you lost them, you lost them for good. Well, you failed and you lost them over mega public. Isn't that what the right was saying? And once again, not a maggot, not a socialist, Marxist, whatever the fuck. I'm just a dude, but I thought that whole thing looked fucked up. It just looked fucked up to begin with. So, wanted to cover that. Politico, what will the fight song be? What will the fight song be? What will the fight song be? And I had to play this just for... Old time's sake. Why not just do it together? This is for Hillary. That's for Hillary. This didn't work for you because she got her ass kicked by an asshole. Like I was single can make a heart can make an explosion and all those things I didn't say wrecking balls inside my brain I will scream and loud tonight can you hear my voice this time this is our fight song take back our life song prove we're alright song my power's turned I've still got a lot of fight left in me. Yeah, you do. Yeah, that worked really well, folks. Good job. Good work. Good work, everybody. That fucking worked fantastic. So I don't know why you think that's going to work again. It's just like the Taylor Swift shit we talked about last time. If you actually think that's going to work, you're on fucking crack. It's just like MAGA thinking the border is going to save them and Trump's going to win. Get the fuck out of here. This country is so fucked up. People don't fucking pay attention to shit. There's 10% of the world bitching about this crap. <laughs> Taylor Swift and or Tavis, or whatever the fuck they're calling those two. Border, abortion. It's 10%. Most of this country doesn't give two shits. They're playing a stupid fucking game or TikTok or they're fucking around with their phone. Don't even see it. So this is what they've been. Immediately, Rachel Flatten, rather doing a fight song, Pete Buttleg on the trail in 2020 with the hokey lyrics of High Hopes, or Barack Obama's Stevie Wonder, Trump's 
YMCA, Andrew Lloyd Weber calling in addition to YMCA and Macho Man. So far, the bottom team does not appear to have made definitive decision on its 2024 playlist. Though, it, to be fair, he's only had three official... I got, a, I got glasses on, and this is like font zero. Uh, Valley Forge, Yorktown, uh, from Broadway musical Hamilton, and somewhat obvious choice since he was speaking about protecting democracy. From what? Himself? From the left's ever-present wanting to... We're going to do a whole censorship thing today. This censorship's out of fucking control. Um, Cole plays Sky Full of Stars. There's so many things in there. I'm, I'm not covering this. This is fucking stupid. If you think a goddamn flight fight song is going to win, you're on fucking crack because there's a lot of motherfuckers are going, you voted against deporting illegals who get DUIs. You know how much damage that is? There's only two states to track it. It's insane amount of money. And then we have them scrambling to make union members because they're worried about Michigan now more than just the illegals. It's more than just the Arabs. It's more than against the Muslims. It's more than it's there's demos falling apart. But yeah, the economist, Binomics is an unfinished revolution. The job growth. This graph, which I'm gonna really sh- I'm gonna fix it. Hold on a second. Let me fix this shit. Th- this this is Tom fucking foolery on a level of noises I can just make noises it's such fucking bullshit and and we talk about we just had the different facts people have different facts this is different facts he made 14 million jobs no COVID got over and people went back to work you dickhead how the fuck they get away with this shit nobody could get away with this but under Binomics, 14.8 million jobs, 3.1 million jobs in 2023, higher wages, wealth, and jobs pre-pandemic. They're on TV, 17.3%, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. Unemployment rate at 6.374, deep dive threat into January jobs report rains all over Biden's parade. Stop going crazy about the job report. BLS themselves told us last month the data from January 24 and later months are not directly comparable to prior months because of methodology changes. Stay tuned for a full thread on the job report, and it shows, once again, it's all bullshit. Because the job report is done for the president. We know this because you used to say it was biased, so Obama changed it. So, stop being so loud, Tony. We're going to do a censorship bumper and segment. The fact is that... Censorship! Um, this is according to The Blaze. There was the panel. Um, and one of the... Or there was the panel on uh, defending truth. And one of the panelists was Jean Bergalt, the president and CEO of Internews. And they talk about making these exclusion lists um, that are then uh, defunded somehow for sharing so-called disinformation. He explained that one of the most effective ways to keep people from being exposed to so-called inaccurate information. So we are the victims. These stakeholders are the victims of this disinformation and these guardians of our galaxy are just trying to help us um there so the best way to prevent us from being exposed to this disinformation is to develop lists or guides for 
advertisers that tell them where to and where not to spend. So this is um, a concerted effort. Like there are already companies that do this. There are left-wing companies that try to target advertisers of shows like this one or conservative advertisers and try to scare them um, into, you know, pulling uh, they're advertising dollars away from a show that's happened to Glenn Beck. It's happened to a lot of conservative commentators. But he's talking about an international collective effort to ensure that shows like mine, conservative shows, don't have any advertisers and therefore just can't afford to be produced. That is a strategy that it looks like they are going to employ or want to employ just to make sure that there are no dissenting voices. And that's pretty scary. Yeah, it is. And this is this is what the Great Reset is all about. It's about using money through the private sector, financial institutions, banks, insurance companies, um, things like that, to starve all of the people who are the enemies of the elites of capital, right? So if you can't get access to capital, you can't get access to banking services, you can't get access to insurance, then you can't function. We can actually just destroy every. We don't even necessarily need to pass a law to stop someone from speaking. We can just make it impossible for them to have a business. And if we can just destroy them that way, then it, it solves it, it serves that same purpose that we had in the past. Governments used to have to throw people in gulags. Now you can just make it impossible for them to speak on the internet, and you can take away all of their funding. And you can make sure that there's no bank accounts for their advertisers. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, they're going to be gone anyway. We're going to move them out of the way. And there's a lot of talk at Davos this past year. And, and in previous years, there was even more talk about uh, sustainable finance and getting uh, financial institutions moving toward a more sustainable, uh, uh, robust future, one where they're, they're, they, they have a responsibility to ensure that uh, society has more trust in institutions. They use this kind of language. And really what it means is exactly what you were just alluding to. We have to make sure that the money dries up for the people that we don't agree with. If the money dry and, and the best way to do that is through the financial institutions, if they can if they can take the money and the access to banking services and insurance away from um, advertisers and other businesses that are working against them, then they can't function. Everyone's going to have to do what we want them to do. And there's there's actually this. And again, this kind of what I was saying before about this plan for in the future, this Our Common Agenda, there's this global misinformation board idea that they're they're dreaming up at the United Nations. In a very similar way to that, on the topic we're discussing now, there's this plan for a, a mandatory European social credit scoring system, they call it due diligence in the European Union, that is nearly law. It's almost law. It's been approved by a bunch of different uh, legislative bodies in the European Union. They're just hammering out the final details of it. It literally could be passed within the next three or four months and made law. And the whole point of this thing is to impose social credit scores on not just corporations in the European Union, but any corporation that does uh, business above a certain threshold in the European Union. And not only them, 
But so that would be American companies, for example. But every one of the companies that does business with those companies, everybody in their mm. supply chain, many of the companies in their value chain, those companies that are that are forced to report under this this mandatory ESG guideline, they are responsible for making sure that all of the companies they do business with are also adhering to these rules that are being created in the European Union. So think about how insane this is. You could have some. Uh, you have Ford, for example, Ford car company. They sell lots of cars in the European Union. They would yeah. fall above that threshold. So they would have to submit, Ford would, to the mandatory ESG social credit scoring system yeah. that the European Union is proposing. But just so it's also on Capitol Hill. Democratic Congresswoman Cori Bush is now under federal investigation, facing allegations that she misused campaign funds by hiring her husband for her security team. Chief Justice Correspondent Pierre Thomas has the story. Good morning, Pierre. George, good morning. Today's House Democrat Cori Bush of Missouri is having her ethics questioned and is acknowledging she's facing a Justice Department investigation. Bush's use of her husband as a paid member of a congressional security staff appears to be the issue. She claims he has security experience and that she needs him due to ongoing threats to her life. But a complaint to the FEC by a right-wing PAC accuses Bush of illegally funneling $60,000 of campaign funds to her husband, who it claims is not a licensed security professional. The Office of Congressional Ethics, however, investigated the security allegations last year and dismissed them. The matter is clearly not resolved, so it now appears DOJ and perhaps Congress will have to resolve this issue one way or the other. Listen, Mark Zuckerberg's worth $140 billion. If he devoted just 10% of that to helping victims, think what he could do for these families. And by the way, if he would actually change his platform and not allow pedophiles and, and sex predators on there, he could do a service to every family in America. I'll just say this, Sean. He seems to have all the time and attention in the world to censor conservatives. Facebook leapt at the opportunity to censor any questions about COVID, to label people who had COVID vaccine questions as, uh, as, as potential terrorists. If you question the Hunter Biden laptop, they shut you down, but yet they can't lift a finger to take sex predators off their platform. I don't buy it. Now to our exclusive interview with the CEO of the world's most valuable publicly traded company. Microsoft has boomed as Satya Nadella has gone all in on artificial intelligence. I asked him about its risks in the upcoming election and what comes next. AI feels new to most of us who really kind of discovered its potential within the last year or so. But we talk about the exciting things, detecting and perhaps treating cancer. And then we talk about the worrisome thing, uh, fakes, fraud, disinformation. We've seen that already on the, in the political arena. Does it give you pause as to what the potential and how far you can take this? Absolutely, in the sense that one of the things that I, I feel that's very healthy is we're not just talking about all of the things this new technology can do, but we're also talking about the unintended consequences. We have learned, even as a tech industry, is that we have to simultaneously address both of these. How do you really amplify the benefits and dampen the unintended consequences? We're mar marching down the road to the first AI election. Are you holding your breath as to see what how AI can help and how it may be weaponized. In fact, it goes back again. Uh, this is not the first election where we dealt with uh, disinformation or propaganda campaigns uh, by adversaries and election interference. So therefore, I think what we have to go back again is, for example, I think we are doing all the work across the tech industry around watermarking, detecting deep fakes and content IDs. There's going to be enough and more technology, quite frankly. 
in order to be able to identify the issues around disinformation and misinformation. Then the question again comes back to how do we build consensus between parties, candidates, and the norms around what is acceptable, not acceptable. You've had the benefit, I presume, of being able to peek around the corner and see what's out there, see what may be coming. Does any of it make you want to put up a stop sign? With all of the technology, I, I am more in the camp of let us make sure that the technology ultimately is just a tool. Microsoft promotes its AI-powered co-pilot software as just that. This is not about replacing the human in the loop. In fact, it's about empowering the human. Like it's you, an assistant. It's an assistant. You've talked a lot about guardrails in the past and the need to regulate this industry. What is it that, that needs to be under control? Of when I think about it, there are many, many areas we talked about even in our conversation, which is there is things people talk about if there is AI takeoff, right? One of the existential risks people talk about in AI is what if AI is so powerful that it's not in human control? That obviously is an existential issue for us. In our interview, we also discussed AI's impact on jobs. I think there will be new job creation, new skills picked up, uh, and yes, there will be overall displacement in the labor market, which I think will be much more dynamic than we gave labor markets credit for. I do want to ask you about the New York Times lawsuit against your partner, uh, OpenAI, and yourself about the idea of using their content, using New York Times content to train AI. It does kind of open up a thought about where this information comes from and who ultimately benefits. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things uh, that is very good, going to be very, very important is both what is the copyright protection as well as what is fair use in a world where there is transformative new technology. I think that that's really where uh, the copyright laws have to essentially now be interpreted for what is a new transformation technology. We've done this in the past. I'm sure we'll come out with, with the right set of guidelines on what is used for training. And we talked about the recent hack on Microsoft corporate systems that the company says was carried out by a Russian state-sponsored group. It set off some alarm bells on Capitol Hill in the sense of how much reliance the government has on Microsoft. Tell me about the alarm bells in Washington State at your headquarters. You know, when you uh, have an adversary who is a nation state or a country that is, you know, got institutional sort of, you know, strength or organizations that are both well-resourced and are relentless and attacking, I'm glad that we have the capability we have to even detect uh, what they're doing. I really, really hope, whether it's the U.S., it's about Russia or China in particular, these are the three powers who need to come together. The governor of Oregon has declared an emergency for the city of Portland just a few years after it became the first state in the nation to largely decriminalize drug use. Very interesting story here. There had been hope that a more humane approach could help curb addiction overall, but it hasn't worked out that way, at least so far. Adam Yamaguchi of CBS Reports shows us that many people are running out of patience. The state, the county and city declare a fentanyl state of emergency. The state of Oregon appears to be taking a new approach in addressing the opioid crisis plaguing its largest city. The 90-day emergency order for fentanyl use issued by the governor establishes a command center and more coordination between emergency management and health services. However, it does not include additional funding. The goal is to give the city's residents a chance against the extremely addictive opioid. It is a drug that compels users to redose every 45 to 90 minutes. People in the throes of a fentanyl addiction can hardly walk into a clinic without having to use again. Everyone has Narcan? 
Oregon paved the way as the first state to decriminalize drug use, passing Measure 110 in 2020. Instead of incarcerating addicts, it focuses on addiction recovery. Because you're going to call one of these numbers? We were with Portland police last year as they handed out citations to fentanyl users in the street. My full-time job is fentanyl, and basically all roads lead to fentanyl in downtown Portland. But in the years since Measure 110 was passed, overdose deaths have continued to rise, prompting local leaders to call for more than just the emergency order, but the recriminalization of drug use. We've had three years of this law that has not delivered on the promise that voters thought they were getting. Ebony Brawley doesn't want to see Oregon's law repealed. The Portland resident says it helped her avoid prison and turn her life around. Because of Measure 110, I was able to change my story and break those chains, you know, and provide a life for myself and for my daughter that she probably wouldn't have had otherwise. Accused Trump of not telling the truth. Who do you, who are you asking? Yes, yes. So I guess my question, uh, what Greg is asking is, do you fact check both sides? Like, are there equal amount of fact checking when people criticize President Trump, for example? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we aim to uh, spend an equal amount of time reviewing claims made by Republicans and Democrats and apply the same standards uh, for accuracy to those claims. So, um, I mean, you can definitely find uh, stories on our website about things that President, uh, former President Trump said and things that President Biden has said. Um, yeah, and we also, we uh, love to get suggestions from readers. So um, if anybody sees something and we haven't fact-checked it and you think this is something we need to pay attention to, um, you know, please email us. All right, let's... Uh all right, so uh, I know it's an annoying bumper, isn't it? Very annoying. These are the 10 big tech stories uh, the lefty lawn flamingos don't want you to see. Number one, Democrats. I've never heard of tries convincing Twitter he's schooled a conservative on illegals. Can't even make this up. Med student threatens to leave Wisconsin if she can't have full-term baby. We covered that. Don Lemon streaming new show on X proves mouth-breathing free speech haters wrong, and I'm loving it. ATFLA says the quiet part out loud about firearm tax stamp. Falky later mentioned about his unscientific COVID measures mandates will piss you off. No, Jean Pierre is not a constitutional right. It's not a constitutional right. Democrats like this Gene Wu a-hole love to threaten us by government. David Hogg attempts to convince Democrats not to lose to hope of 2024. God is not an author of confusion but peace. Pope Francis says chaos doubt with fiducious supplicants and Hamas terrorists tried to sell severed heads. That never hit anything. But you heard in there Ali Stuckey, who I, I, really, I really like her, about censorship. You heard... Uh, about Facebook and sex predators. We, we covered that up. Microsoft CEO implies tech will be used to censor and lead up to election. We're going to censor. He outright says it. And remember, we're going down this road. Since 16, when they manufactured, when Hillary Clinton manufactured Russian interference because they were going to lose because they saw the internals so they needed a reason so in June of that year they started talking about it I watched it live and it's all proven to be false that only $130,000 went into it and people who clicked that shit were already not going to vote for fucking Hillary so it didn't really change anything 
we've been censoring, shutting things down, like articles about his son and everything else. We just meta board member claims 2020 interference was not enough. We didn't censor enough. I'm not going to read the article. I can't do it. Sigh, New York Times, Zerinsky. Okay, what is this one? This is Matt Talibi again. The Center for Counting Digital Hate and IRS at 501 status. And this is all about fucking Twitter again. Alleged digital browsers at CCDH falsified charitable status. That's not good. I not get this. There it is. Zermini sees sexism and downfall of pathetic Ivy League presidents. I wanted to put this one in here because this is how they also censor facts. Facts and evidence. She fucking used other people's shit. She plagiarized. Plagiarized. But we're good. Factcheck.org editor dubiously claims they target both sides equally. That was the last soundbite I played. It took me forever to get that with the African-American lady. Man, I had to go all over the internet to find that because I really wanted to hear that soundbite, and I did. Are you fucking for real? Come on! You just said Biden didn't have his helmet backwards. And his helmet backwards. Then this stuff with Omar, I, I'm, I, mm, I, mm, oh, well, I forgot the CBS. NBC censored DAJ, DAJ Pro and the squad's Corey Bush. We didn't, we didn't cover that shit. This lady's back, backed by former candidate Susan Gibson advances the Virginia House. Trying to shred the First Amendment. But, I think the biggest censorship, the biggest bias we have everywhere in our country, just everywhere you look, it's on the left, it's on the right, it's on Fox News, it's on fucking um, the rest of the media. Omar. The things she says. No, in Jidat Kenny and whether this or not, anyone high gabar American Kalaga Dortai or in Congress American Kukujurto, like in Han high gabar Somaliet, gabar in Kujinsia, gabar in Kuafa, gabar in Kudina, or in Ahadekov, Yodo Dayar, what then Kedi Lake, will he soak up to in Malin, what then Kedi a Kundolato? ولكنهم <تصفيق> Yep, that's fucking fantastic. That we we censor it, and and it's the bias by omission, bias by photo. I mean, I I put it in here. 
and I said something about it because there's a reason I said something about it. This is how we do everything. That face on the right, it's Biden doing this at Dover. On the left, it's always a bad picture of Trump, Bush, Bush Sr., Romney, empty stadium, Obama. Millions want to see him in Germany. They're waiting for a fucking concert. It was bullshit. They didn't even know who the fucking guy was. They were there for a concert. We'll have droves of videos coming of him. Sorry, my nose is itching like crazy today. Um, him having celebrities carted out to sing. And uh, you guarantee Springsteen, Beyonce. I bet you Taylor Swift shows up. Sings a cruel summer or some shit. In her cheerleader outfit. Half naked. To get votes. It'll happen. They do it every time. I'm freaking 55. I've seen it every election of my life. Going back to Dukakis. They bring out the celebs. Perfect pictures. Perfect photos. Shots done so you see a huge crowd. But if you flip the camera around, like during the last election, where he got 81 million votes, there was nobody there. He couldn't even fill car rallies where people were honking the horn. He couldn't. They took the photos. It's all true. Trump would have a million motherfuckers showing up for shit. I don't know why. I wouldn't. I don't understand what the fuck he's going to say to you. All he does is dog people all day. If I want to see that, I'll go on fucking Instagram and Twitter and say abortion should be regulated and just have people fuck with me all fucking day long. I mean, I could just do that. Or say Taylor Swift sucks or Chase Elliott sucks. That's even worse. I mean, you say Chase Elliott sucks. You're a pedo. I was actually called a pedo for that. It's crazy. Um... But at the omission, how we frame things, what we don't report, how we report things. We know everything about Trump down to he got two scoops of ice cream and didn't know where the switches are. And we don't find out that Biden calls a lid a two because he's taking a nappy and it gave him pudding. Now, I'm not dogging, dude. I couldn't do his job at 80. Fuck's sake, some mornings I wake up at 55. I wonder what the fuck I'm doing out walking in the cold. Or in the gym pumping iron. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing there. I should still be in bed. Because I'm old. My joints hurt. So I don't know how I do it 25 years from now. Jesus Christ. I still think I'm 25 years younger. I think I'm 30. I'm not. I'm old as fuck. Young people remind me all the time. You look good for your age. It's always for your age. Hate when people say that. So we're gonna finish with two last little stupid sound bites. Here's uh, Joy Behar. Charlie Chaplin brought us the Holocaust. I, I just gotta play this shit. CNN tries to get NATO chief to denounce Trump, and then we're gonna go into a, a TikTok thing. And I'm telling you, this guy. I sat one night watching this motherfucker. This dude is electric, and I'm only gonna play a little bit, but I'm gonna keep him, and we're gonna keep playing him. It's at seven, at underscore seven something. I'll get it right when we go to it. This, this dude's some redneck. I fucking love his videos. Jesus. Him and this big black guy. I'm going to find one of the black guy ones, and then we're going to play that too. He's, God, they fucking, it's like I am a moth and they are light. It is like me with a pretty girl. I just fly. 
And these guys are doing the same thing to me. I just fly into the fucking bug zapper because their videos are just... I think it's witchcraft. He is one of the most dangerous people of my lifetime to ever be in the Oval, Oval Office. He is probably the, the most dangerous. So you have somebody like, and he doesn't have a good sense of humor. No, we all know no that at the correspondence dinner, when President Obama made a joke about him, that was the his, beginning his, skin, yeah. his skin is thinner than his hair. Yeah. And, and, and he got so pissed off that he had to run for president and go after poor Obama, who was born in this country. He is a menace. So, I present that to this panel. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? That's my the problem talk. is the, the, yeah. that hate and fear are dividing things. It pits people against each other on purpose. Comedy is uniting, which is why comedy is always where I go when things are the scariest in life. Mm -hmm. You need someone to keep us laughing about what makes... <laughs> <laughs> She didn't even say anything. That's true. She but, didn't but, have to. She just made a face. No, but, but Sarah, it's, it's Sarah, that true. is true. That's what I'm trying to say yes. here. But the man doesn't take it. Because no, no, but doesn't no, it make I'm it more funny? Us. They made fun of Hitler. Charlie Chaplin made fun of Hitler in 1940. By 1945, millions and millions I mean, of people else. were dead. Everyone so else. You the have... audience needs to laugh. The people need to laugh. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care. I'm not checking on but because he's so. Like, I need everyone else to be. But because okay. he's so thin-skinned. Isn't it just funnier when he's mild? No, but it makes him so angry. It makes him angry. I don't know what he's going to do next. I mean, Former President Trump is likely the Republican nominee for president. He has been very clear how he feels about NATO. He reiterated that feeling just a couple days ago. Listen to this. We're paying for NATO, and we don't get so much out of it. And, you know, I hate to tell you this about NATO. If we ever needed their help, let's say we were attacked... I don't believe they'd be there. You look at the Trump campaign website, Mr. Secretary General, it says, quote, we have to finish the process that we began under my administration of fundamentally reevaluating NATO's purpose and NATO's mission. Would a second Trump presidency concern you about the future of U.S. membership in NATO? Well, I believe that the United States will continue to uh, be a staunch NATO ally, uh, regardless of uh, the outcome of the U.S. elections, because it is in the U.S. interest to have a, a strong Even under NATO, President Trump? Because it is... Uh, well, I worked with him for four years, uh, and, uh, and, and I listened carefully, because uh, the main criticism has been uh, about NATO allies spending too little on NATO. Uh, and uh, uh, the message has been taken uh, across uh, the alliance in Europe and Canada. So over the last years, NATO allies has, have significantly increased defense spending. Uh, uh, more and more allies meet the NATO guideline of spending 2% of uh, uh, GDP on defense. Poland is actually spending 4% of GDP. No other allies spending more than that. Uh, and, uh, and in total, they have added 450 billion extra for uh, defense. So uh, the, the message from the United States that uh, European allies have to step up has been, uh, has been yeah. understood, and they are now really moving in the right direction. All right, so I went to TikTok, and holy shit, man, people are watching my little uh, old dude music review TikToks. 
It's pretty freaking cool. Sorry for slurping there. It's underscore seven club underscore or seven club, the club symbol or the first brigade, 101st Airborne Division. But yeah, I had like 500 listens on those. I went over to SoundCloud. They're blowing up. Holy fucking shit. That's cool. That's cool. So fucking cool. I need to fix my profile, though, to change that it, I am uh, old dude music review podcast or old dude music review. I got my link tree there. It won't let me put a link in it, so uh, maybe I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I need to work on it. I don't know how to do it. So this guy, like I said, he was on uh, YouTube. It came up. And no, it was on on the African-American sites. Let me do him first. Is it done yet? Jesus Christ. Okay, we're going to watch a few. I got it on his site, and then we'll watch it. But this guy, I'm just going to play some. Here we go. I'll shut up. Parenthood. Is it as evil as people suspected, or is it far worse? Sorry, Margaret, but you are disgusting. Meet Margaret Sanger. She's the founder of Planned Parenthood, and she set up shop in all primarily black neighborhoods when she kicked it off. No. Margaret Sanger was a well-known eugenicist, which a eugenicist believes that it's morally justified to get rid of any type of people, race, class, just to make this world a better place. Look, okay, I don't want to blow up my site. I am I'm so I'm so sick of fucking uh, Planned Parenthood shit. And I cover it way too much. But that stuff we already covered on the show. That stuff that we fucking covered about her going to KKK meetings. But you know nobody said anything till later. And then during uh, Me Too, George Floyd, whatever the fuck. Um, I can never remember which one of the protest was. Uh, they changed Margaret Sanger away. Isn't that crazy? So the main account I got this from is from Arto Art of Kicks with a Z. Art of K-I-C-K-Z. This dude cracks me the fuck up. I, we started with this kind of stuff. It's the end of the year, and here is a compilation of some of the best TikTok conspiracy theories that we covered in 2013. Like the laws of nature. Now, I might be taking that out of... It was foreign over a decade ago. Is a, a, and I agree with with uh, Edgar Mitchell on this. That is it's a, so good. I mean, it's just all sorts of weird shit. We end every night watching this dude. I'm even thinking about sending money to Patreon. Because it's it just so interesting. But the funny thing about YouTube, if you watch YouTube now, and I'm not saying I'm different because my podcast is about podcasting about the politics and media and I'm using other people's stories and videos and that's how I do my shit. But if you watch YouTube, YouTube is just covering other people's YouTubes or TikTok's covering other people's TikTok and then YouTube covers TikTok and TikTok covers YouTube and we're covering other people's shit. So everybody's just covering other people's shit. It's either music review like I'm doing or it's a video of somebody videoing about somebody videoing. Videoing. But Art of Kicks is so good. So let's go back to our dude. We're going to do like four or five of these. This is about NASA. The earth is not a ball. Because the math ain't math and a NASA is just a big old fakery bakery. And an SR-71 pilot is about to prove it to you. We're on our last training mission. We're over Tucson. 
I can see downtown L.A. from Tucson. We're at 89,000 feet. 89,000 feet is 27 kilometers, but you know what? I'm going to give you two more kilometers and say that we're sitting at 29 kilometers high on Google Earth. I measured from L.A. to Tucson, and well, it's about 438 miles, and it obviously goes way over the curve here. So I put in the Earth Curve calculator, and sure enough, the city of Los Angeles would be hidden under 3,484 feet of curvature. We're at 89,000 feet. I can see the whole western United States bathed in a warm October fall glow. I can see the chain of Rocky Mountains from Canada to New Mexico. I Watching the Rocky Mountains stretch all the way to Canada is a ridiculous whopping 1,176 miles. And that would be hidden under 433,353 feet of curvature. Flying over Tucson, it goes way beyond the curve in Google Earth. So I set us at 29 kilometers and I took a look and I tried to find exactly where we could see on the horizon and I measured the distance and the distance ended up being 360 yes this dude's just like rain man with the stats and i sat one night and by the time i got done i realized i was dumber and i'm pretty dumb because i had no fucking idea what the dude was talking about he was talking about i think i grabbed the video i'm gonna see if it, uh, we'll get to it because we're gonna cover this dude like for next it, it, he's just a this fucking dude five dude. miles it is exactly where we would see Zero hidden behind the curve. But what happens when we go just one more mile at 366 miles? Now it's .0561 hidden by Earth's curvature. That is so hilarious that the globe we've been given and the math of 25,000 miles in circumference, the math for the For the rest of it, it's gravity for bullets, but the curvature of the Earth does come into bulletry. Ballistics. How about and ballistics? The Google not Earth that we look at and we can see <laughs> the observations there, it all adds up, <laughs> right? But when you send an SR-71 pilot up into the air to make observations, he can see way further than the globe math allows us to see. I'm doing another one. Okay, I've taken the measurement tool and drawn a line because there was someone here in Queensland, Australia who took a picture of the moon at the exact same time as someone here in the United States in Florida took a picture of the moon. Same time, and they've seen the same moon at the exact same time. And the problem is, we're saying, hey, that's impossible because they're on opposite sides of the Earth, right? So Globers are going, no, dude, look, you can see... The United States and Australia at the same time, they're on the same side of the earth. Well, first of all, barely. I mean, you can kind of see Australia there and you can kind of see the edge of the United States. But we're not talking about this picture being taken from California. This picture was taken from Florida and you cannot see the end of these two lines at the same time. So I'm going to show you here. Here's Florida. That line goes to the end of Florida. We're going to go, 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 go. Okay, now Florida is beyond the Terminator line, meaning whatever source of light is hitting this side of the Earth, Florida's not seeing it because it's beyond the Terminator of it. So the sun, we're using as the example right now because that's what's showing the light. Look, beyond the Terminator, you can see the edge of the United States, but you still cannot see... Australia. Now you'll have to go even further. Now Florida's way beyond the Terminator. And we're seeing just the edge, just California. And then we're starting to barely see the, the edge of Australia. 
But look, Queensland is a, a ways off the coast here. It's a good little few hundred miles. So let's put Australia at the at, at the end and see what we see. We're gonna dip Australia just barely here. All right, one more. The edge. You're getting the point and though. Still, all we have is. Like a weird. No, I want to do that. Some Pride California Month. This here. one. I never watched it. I saw this today, which I found very interesting. But what else is interesting is look at the other letters. So demons in the middle. But look at this. P R I T H. What does that mean? Trith? One more for fun. I fucking love this guy. I can stare at it. I literally just veg out. One more. Could they be testing this in major cities right now? This was an alert that was issued to me and some friends about our local major city. And I'm wondering, did anyone else get something like this? Let me know if you got one. And if so, do you think this is that first little preparation? Okay, gonna keep covering this guy. I fucking love him. Um, and Art of Kicks. They're my new obsession. Thanks to the wife who is just so goddamn in to freaking YouTube. So now I think it's time in the show that we do what we always do, which is woke. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. And leaking toxic chemicals. Then, Christina Dilworth you know, says that day, East Palestine changed forever. We all had to leave. It was scary. It was like a horror movie. You for know, much of the last year, Dilworth stayed at a hotel paid for by Norfolk Southern. But that relocation April, program is ending. Bottled water. It's just my new normal. She hoped and coming back to her ago, house would feel more like now. coming home. A lot of people just think, oh, it's done. It's over. Everybody's safe to go home. I always feel like we're like the forgotten town. An October EPA report did not show any concerning levels of contaminants, and state regulators say the tap water is safe. But many here worry about the long-term health impacts. After the derailment, Dilworth says she developed a rash and headaches. Health-wise, are you concerned just being here? Yes, I am concerned. Um, what's my long-term future? Um, I've already been exposed. There are not dangerous levels of chemicals mm. in the area. But I asked an EPA supervisor about that. Why are some residents still feeling health symptoms? Mm -hmm. And he said, we just don't have a good answer for that. Mm. Now, some of these symptoms include uh, brain fog, uh, vision, blurry vision, loss of mobility. Wow. One man we met said he started getting seizures and he can't work anymore as an arborist and he actually can't drive anymore. Wow. Medical experts say there's just not enough research on what these chemicals can do to human beings. It's not something you can test in a lab. Right. So that's why they need to continue monitoring the health of this community. We know the president uh, is supposed to go to that area next, or this month, but he didn't go and face criticism early on when this happened. How do you think he'll be received? 
Well, we know that he's going at the invitation of the mayor and some residents. So some people want him to go and see what's happened on the ground, the progress they've made, and still concerns that some people have. Right. It's likely to be a tough crowd. It is known to be Trump country. When the former president visited last year, shortly after the derailment, he was treated like a rock star. This Sunday, CNN will take you to the far corners. I know. Corners, reaches, you decide what shape of the earth for a special report on the climate crisis. CNN's Bill Weir embedded with a team of researchers tracking humpback whales to reveal how the crisis is impacting them and how they might actually help beat it. Bill is here. Tell me more, they us the, more. They are the biggest allies we have, literally, the biggest allies on the planet. And it's so good we saved them from oblivion. Because when I was a little boy, they were on the brink of extinction. The comeback of the humpback is one of the great stories in conservation. And a couple years ago, some economists at the International Monetary Fund said, let's figure out the value of a whale. What, what, it, what Earth services it provides over a 60-year life, $2 million. $2 million in Earth services, all thanks to their poo. Check it out. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then the whale laxatives, wow. John Berman just <laughs> suggested. Well, Call the answer out. to all of our issues. It Call is. But let them do their thing and let them come back. There's a little over a million whales now that are bouncing back of all species. Uh, these, these economists say we get four million uh, on the planet. We could really draw down as much carbon as three or four Amazon rainforests. And new uh, artificial intelligence is helping us understand their communications. A team up in Alaska had a 20-minute conversation with a humpback whale, playing recordings back and forth, different cadences. This We're just beginning to understand our biggest planetary roommates and literally the biggest allies. Can I just ask, because those pictures were beautiful. Where were you? We were in the Antarctic Peninsula. Uh, we sailed out of the tip of Argentina and went all the way down. You work for the same company? We I did. Sorry, how do you get these? Uh, I cashed in a lot of frequent flyer miles. I used some coupons. Uh, but then we also went up to the coast of Colombia, where is their breeding grounds. And so they're just gorging oh, wow. and logging and, and, and they're couch potatoes down south. And then when they get up in the tropics, it's like spring break and they're mating and jumping and it, it, we go all over the world. I confront one of the last whale hunters in Iceland. Good evening, Dr. Fauci. My name is Michael Sobovaro. I'm a first year medical student at the Georgetown School of Medicine. Thank you for giving us your time. My question is, given the undeniable link between climate change and the emergence of infectious diseases, how should future pandemic preparedness plan incorporate climate change projections to better predict and mitigate the spread of diseases, particularly in regions that are disproportionately affected by environmental changes. And my second follow-up is, as a medical student, what specific areas of training do you recommend we focus on as the next generation of physicians to be better prepared? Yeah, okay, the, the, the first question is easier to answer, but uh, well, I'll answer both of them. Um, the idea of climate change um, is that you can't, take emerging infections and say, I'm gonna do something about climate change that is gonna negative, that's gonna negate the negative effect of climate change on emerging infections. You've gotta be part of the movement, the broad global movement of taking a look at climate change and its effects. I could give you so many examples. All right, climate, 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 climate. Climate warrior travels to Antarctica to study whale poop. Now they're going to say whale poop's killing it. ABC silent on toxic East Palestine derailment anniversary. We didn't cover that shit. And then, of course, Fauci. 
We had to have Fauci. Fauci had to open up. The science is settled. Yeah, that's what you said about COVID. And then we found out everything you said was wrong. Seriously, dude. Calm the frick on, man. Come on, man. This is the doomsday clock. Legacy media once again peddle climate propaganda through doomsday clock. We're going to all die. As far as I know, we're already dead if you really follow what they all say. We're already dead. We were dead when, uh, let's be honest, we've been dead for a while because we were all supposed to die and be underwater back in the 80s because of climate uh, cooling, then warming. And once again, I'm not a denier. We do have climate change, but we're not going to fucking die. Then we have this crazy shit. UNWRA nominated for Nobel Peace Prize, and nobody's surprised. The evidence provided by Israel alleging the roughly dozen UNRA staffers participating in Hamas January, October 7th terror onslaught is highly credible. If funding remains suspended, we'll most likely be forced to shut down our operation by the end of February. Statement, Gaza Strip, humanitarian crisis deepened as time funding. Boy, I bet you regret sending Hamas fighters into Israel to kill Jews. I bet you do because you're losing your money, and that's because you guys are racist. Racist. Racist, 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 racist. So, we gotta have... Uh, everything is racist. Here's Joy Reid renews defamatory smear of Congressman Chip Rowe. Roy, Hostin, you can't say the vast majority of America is not racist. You can't say that. And then the view again, downward spiraler of black Republican. Everything is racist. Everything is racist according to me. Everything is racist. Everything is racist. Everything is racist according to me. Everything is racist. And very quickly, this massive resistance, it sounds like the old Southerners who said that we will resist integration by any means necessary, that Chip Roy language, how does that read inside of the Latino community? I mean, it's, it's, very, it's very simple. You know, if you're the Republican Party, you're, you're allegedly the party of laws and order, and you're essentially telling local authorities to break the law. No, so I think once again, going into this image of, you know, who is the party of law and order and who is the party for democracy, I think that's where we all have to highlight the hypocrisy, regardless of the politics. They're essentially telling people to break the law. And there are yeah, absolutely right. racist yes. people in this country. It is not the vast majority of people in this country. And I feel we like we don't know that. Well, we don't the know FBI that. director said white supremacy but is that the does, biggest but that threat still to our country today. Well, that still doesn't mean that that's the vast majority of people. I just don't believe that in my day-to-day life that the people that you're encountering harbor racist viewpoints. I do think that this division that if we're you creating... you look like me, you would believe differently. But you know what, uh, Alyssa, the woman... The woman so, but just to, just to understand, are we saying, do we think the vast majority of Americans Americans are racist. That's I, what I'm trying to I, I, help I, me I understand. I think that there is a significant portion um, that are racist, and you can't dismiss my lived experience. And I, I never yeah, would when say I, I, don't, I would never dismiss When I say that there are a lot of racists in this country, oh, I, I just experienced whole- my son walking down the beach being called the N-word several times. 
in Florida. There is, so don't, you can't say, I believe that the vast majority of people aren't racist. But again, we, I, we okay, don't know that's that. Fair. There are 300 million people in this country. Right. I would never minimize your lived experience anymore. Yeah. Welcome back. Black History Month starts tomorrow, and there's a new book that should be required reading called The Grift, The Downward Spiral of Black Republicans from the Party of Lincoln to the Cult of Trump. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Please welcome author Clay King. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, let's hear this. So, you know, I, li you know, I listened to it, and... It, I was, it knocked me out, and so I'm so glad that you're here today because you describe the current era of black Repub Republicans as grifters, and I, I say that's the right word for yeah. them. What, but you need to explain to people what you mean when you say it, and what made you decide to write this book? Well, first and foremost, I wrote this book because I care about this country, mm -hmm. and I've been so saddened at the direction that it's going in mm -hmm. under the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. It's really broke my heart. And when you think about the original black Republicans, they were the first progressives. Mm -hmm. They were the ones that pushed Abraham Lincoln into emancipation. Yeah. They were the ones that forced him into glory. After the Civil War, they are forming communities that will help black folks and poor white folks. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to examine how did black Republicans go from Frederick Douglass to Clarence Thomas? Yeah. How did we get here? How do we get here? And so what I realize is now, the current version, they are grifters. And what I mean by that... We're going to do a section on uh, Libs of TikTok, so we have a bunch of videos in a second. This is a Democrat. Who is she? She's from Colorado State Rep. I don't know who needs to hear this, but intentionally misgendering or dead naming someone is not tolerating the Colorado State ca Capitol. Replies, but you're happy to let a bunch of pro-Hamas, anti-constitutional anti rights insurrectionists, your words, not mine, swarm your capital. Sit the hell down, loser. Wrong. See, there's this thing called free speech. I don't know who needs to hear this, but in the U.S. we have freedom of freedom of freedom of and freedom from religion. Gender identity is an observable, unverifiable subject state of being that can only be taken on faith. It should be end up in a court. Hmm. And then somebody got her for uh, grammar and punctuation, which I thought was really funny. Navy veteran charged with hate crime after beheading a statue of Satan. But these are okay. These are Columbus, Jefferson, Washington. None of these were charged with hate crimes. Michael Cassidy knocks over a Satan statue made out of household items and gets charged with a hate crime. It was never mentioned in the transnational shooter who specifically targeted Christian children committed a hate crime, but knocking over a statue of Satan is, which once again surmises what we are as a nation right now. You, you had a party spend all the time, once again, not mega, I'm just telling the truth here. The reality is you said mega was killing the Constitution, were a bunch of fucking fascists, and they were ruining everything with their Christianity. Now, you guys are weaponizing the DOJ to enforce your religion. This is from my old home. 
A homeless shelter was set up next to an elementary school in Beaverton, Oregon. Students are subjected to constant disturbances from the shelter, including overdoses, drug, and assaults. A mom slammed the city in a letter after a homeless man lit himself on fire in front of school windows. Every single day, hundreds of kids are put in danger because mentally ill people are housed near them. The mayor is Lacey Beattie. Hasn't done anything despite many complaints. You can email her at all these things, and it... This just sums up Oregon, man. Get the fuck out of her. 34th mayor of Beaverton, girl mom, combat veteran, military spouse, and all-around outdoor enthusiast. Thanks to school board member Melissa Porter and Robbie Benaki and Beaverton Mayor Lacey Beatty for supporting the McKinney-Vento program at last night's benefit concert. It, it, there's, there's nothing here from about any of this at all. Ail Aldi USA promises to break the law and discriminate against straight white people in their hiring. They're looking to hire procurement specialists and will prioritize everyone except straight white people. They're also committed to following the principles of DUI. DUI is legal, legal and racist, and I'm telling you, my wife was fucking pissed when she read this. That's how I got it, because she said, uh, get the fuck out of here. What the hell is this? Ooh, I'm going to get this one. So we're going to go into a section really quick of uh, Libs of TikTok stuff. Kind of like doing it live. We're going to do the goddamn thing live. Sorry. It's my really bad... Uh, whatchamacallit. Uh, the fuck's his name? Bill O'Reilly. That's, that's the name. And then we're going to keep the, the worst for last. So let's go ahead and get on in here into vids and pull up some libs of TikTok videos from this week and this week only. This is from the last podcast. Um, this is a show, and it's a young... When I'm all pent up, to sack out, I whack out. Not an option. I'm too distracted. It's the antidote, man. If anything happens to me, I'll clean out your drawer. Appreciate that. Good night. Good luck. Trying to find out what this was. So I didn't save the stupid thing. It's a TV show. Dude's whacking off at his grandma's house. They repeat so much stuff. I can't fucking get it. I'm not watching this shit. Let me push pause. This is, uh, what the fuck is it? I just had it. I'm so sorry. Let me find the tweet. She just, she triple feeds shit. You got to file through all this fucking crap. There it is. Uh, this is on my block. A minor masturbating in front of his grandma. Isn't that nice? That's just so nice. I mean, boys do that. I'm not being a prude, but get the fuck out of here. Here's an LGBT rights person. Hi. So I have a small dilemma. Um... I am starting a new job on mm -hmm. Monday, 
and it's a teaching job so the kids are going to call me either Mr. or Mrs. Jamie it depends on what I want but I as a non-binary bean I don't know what to pick I feel like Mrs. would be easier for the kids but Mr. makes me feel better but I also kind of want to try mix but I don't know if they, like, the kids can do that I don't and then what do they do when they ask me here's a more important thing why don't you fucking comb your hair and get those swords off your glasses what the fucking fucking fuck is that here's a racist saying because it's black history month White men should give up all their money. Hey, white men. Due to systemic Hi. and structural racism that black women oh. have had to endure, they only mm -hmm. make 64 cents to every dollar that you make. Once again, that is the most overused, stupid comment that comes out of liberals' mouth is. We all know why, because women work less, they have maternity leave, they do things like that, and they don't work as much as men do. There are federal laws all over the fucking place. The EEOC, there's no fucking way you can hire a man and a woman in the same billet and pay them different money. It doesn't exist. I can use one example to destroy this every time. I was a drill sergeant. I was a staff sergeant. I was 11 Bravo. I had four meritorious service medals, nothing but one blocks. I went to drill sergeant school. I graduated. I went on the trail. I served from four in the morning till nine o'clock, seven days a week with occasional breaks in between cycles for two years. I was then forced to stay there as a training NCO and executive officer, do paperwork and work from four in the morning till seven o'clock every fucking night for another nine months before I could leave Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Same woman comes on the same time I do. She goes to drill sergeant. She graduates. She becomes an E7. She works from nine to four every day for two years, leaves with a meritorious service medal, and goes on her happy way, and she's not forced to stay there. But because I was an MOS Love and Bravo, we have to stay there because they need us. And I didn't have the, I got to take care of the kids. That wasn't, you don't get that option. It's a stale stat. So as a fitting start to Black History Month, I want to take what you will make today, multiply it by 64%, and then take that difference and give it to some black women today. This shows that you are honoring them, that you are appreciating them, and that you are dedicated to equity. She's also wearing her work shirt, and it looks like it's a medical thing. So that person's going to be treating you. That's fucking fantastic. Here's a military one talking about how we're spending money on the federal level to push DEI. This so the Air Force recognizes that we have some sort of barriers. I think Aaron hit it on the head. Uh, there's a lot of barriers. I think in this room we're all aware of the financial cost, the time cost, the, hey, family, I'm taking a risk by doing a career that nobody in my community does. That's a cost. Um, so the Air Force recognizes that. And they're putting dollars in, in the Department of Defense, dollars in the case priority, as you guys imagine they're putting dollars to fund people like me or other organizations to tie into OPEP, um, LPA, NGPA, 
to help diversify our fighters. So the Air Force... So we've had 130 fucking attacks by foreign countries on soldiers, just killed three of them, and we're worrying about DEI. We have DEI boards that take NCOERs for below standard NCOs, and we say you can't do that because the person's black, and they get promoted in front of white people. I was passed over three years in a row, and I made the list, but because we didn't have enough African Americans, I got booted off. That's a true fact. I had a friend that was on the board. He told me. Dude, you got voted three times. But if you have too many African Americans, Asians, gays, whatever the fuck, they don't do that in the military. They've been doing that forever since the Clinton administration when the African American guy who was a substandard colonel got passed over for full bull. He sued the government and the Clinton administration helped him. And what happened? He got it overturned. I don't know what this one is because I downloaded a bunch of these. This one's about disco balls, so I'm sure it's LGBT. We have a gay dad. Oh. Of course we oh. have disco balls and rainbows all over the house. Hmm. Why can't just rainbows be for kids? Because while I was fighting for the rainbow, all you were doing is just drawing it while you had drool all over your face. Looking like drunk little toddlers. We have a gay dad. Of course he got us a dog to match our home. We have a gay dad. Of course he has more facial products than Sephora. All this leads to is a 30th high school reunion to take all the attention away from all of those bullies that made fun of me who now look 16. We have a gay dad. Of course he has a closet full of wigs and weird outfits. They didn't stop you guys from having fun. We have a gay dad. Remember the time he grounded me? I just want to make it for a second. Your 30th anniversary would be 48. Am I right? 30 years? You graduated 18. 30 years, 48. How are you 60? For two weeks, just because I didn't know the difference between fuchsia and magenta. You're lucky it wasn't a month. We have a gay dad. Of course, when we were four, he told us that our queen was Janet. I thought it was Beyonce. What? He told me it was pink. We have a gay dad. Of course he can't throw a ball to save his life. Hashtag Travis Kelsey. We have a gay dad. Of course he makes us be quiet during the Super Bowl. Hashtag Travis Kelsey. He doesn't throw the ball. He catches it, dumbass. Commercials. Except for this year, Travis Kelsey. We have a gay dad. Of course he drinks iced coffee in the middle of January. It's the sip of the straw facial expressions after you or somebody else spilled the tea, even in January. We have a gay dad. Of course he brought us to RuPaul's Drag Con. It was fun though, but remember when he bought us bracelets and we found out they weren't actually bracelets? To be fair, I didn't know either. All I want to say, all I want to say is a zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. Just shake your butt. Sorry. I need to cover old 90s one-offs. Like uh, that song, because I don't remember the name of it. Um, if that was a religious one on TikTok, how would that go? We have a Christian dad. He makes us do this and this. It would go fucking crazy. But you're brainwashing your kids on your sexual orientation. Hmm. And it leads to what? This is horrible. This is a young girl getting testosterone shot in her body and they filmed it. Didn't go well. Dr. Olson had a decision. 
you are in the perfect place to start on blockers. And she promises to begin giving her estrogen, female hormones, in two years. Around 13. Oh, estrogen, That's okay, so, so this is a boy. Yes, you're not gonna develop breast buds on the blockers, but um, you're not gonna wait until 16 to start. You know that, okay? Josie received the blockers as an implant in her arm. It's okay if you cry. So with all the bravery she could muster, Josie held on tight as another chapter opened in this young girl's life. A lot of times it strikes me that had this happened just 20 years ago, thank you. I wouldn't have been able to give her blockers and she would have had to go through male puberty. That terrifies me. It's all done. Do you want to I j the science is so bad on this that Europe, Europe is backing off. They're lefter than our left. They're so left, they don't even know the curvature of the fucking earth. There's not enough scientific evidence to prove this is something you need to do. Because what if he changes his mind, which 80% of them do? That's glad. It's not made up. It's not some far right thing. I could give a flying fuck of a grown-ass adult or even a 16-year-old wants to become a unicorn. Don't care. Be the best to you. Fuck a panda. Be a panda. I don't care. It's none of my business. I still believe in the old U.S. that we used to have where I don't give a fuck what you do. It's your business. Do what you do. I do what I do. But I don't tell you what to do until you're evil and you don't tell me what to do and I'm evil. But what we've done now is we have intersectionalized everything. So now we're to the point that kids, their parents take the, the state takes the parents' rights away to their own kids for the sake of intersectionality. And that is fucking scary. And you're saying it's terrifying? That's a lesbian woman. I researched it. So she's pushing this lifestyle on her kid, and we're calling it progress. How is that progress? You wouldn't call it progress if I had a child, and this isn't me because I'm not religious, I forced Christianity on him, I got him tats. And I pushed the kids to be able to go down and get a tat at 12 without parental consent. Well, that's not the same, Tony. We can turn this around. No, you can't. You miss fucking puberty. You miss fucking puberty. If you start giving estrogen, your body fights it. They will never reproduce. So at 13, jacking him with estrogen means he'll stop making sperm. And he'll never be able to reproduce. Jacking her with testosterone kills off her fucking ovulation. She never has a period. So she can't have a baby. And then you yank it all out before they're adults. And then they go, oh, I don't want the pocket vagina. I want my penis back. It's too late. Your penis is gone. You chopped it. Mm. You didn't chop it. The state chopped it. Or my parents chopped it. Or some money-grubbing 
medical facility who's putting up these shops like Planned Parenthood abortion mills. They chopped it. Because it made money. It's all about making money. The whole thing's fucking insane and scary and sad. So, going to go into lighter fare and then a couple subjects. We're going to close this pig out. I found this. My my Matt in Oregon sent me this, YouTube, and I, I fricked up and I didn't get all the um, data to know who the fuck this is. So, this is super funny. It's the flip side, like I keep talking about, of the whole... Tavis garbage. This is a woman losing her shit, and I thought it was super funny. If you lay a finger on her, Travis, I swear to God, I will fucking destroy you. Cassidy, what are you doing? Meet Cassidy. Her friends worry that she has developed a cult-like obsession with Taylor Swift. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being a Swifty. And it's not a cult. Cassidy's friends say, ever since the era's tour, she's shown a noticeable shift in her behavior. One time she tried to bite me because I was listening to a Taylor Swift song, but it wasn't Taylor's version. If you don't stream Taylor's version, she doesn't get the money. Does she not already have enough money? Um, those flights to see Travis ain't cheap, honey. Yeah, well, those flights are destroying the environment, so. So what? She may be destroying the environment, but she's building something that transcends global warming. True love. Cassidy's friends claim that her behavior is often embarrassing. No! I just got this motherfucker listening to Kanye West! Cassidy, leave him alone. You're being a bitch right now. I'm not being a bitch! I'm just in my reputation era! And just so you know, mister, Taylor Swift could buy Kanye West and still have 700 million left for herself. I don't know what a Swifty is, but if a white bitch says... That's some pretty funny stuff right there. <clears throat> Two more real quick things. Police find military-grade air-to-air rocket in Bellevue Man's g- garage. It is insane. It's a real surface-to-air message. It's a SAM. And then last but not least, in January 13th to 16th, I didn't know this, but the 502nd Infantry, which is I'm a DMOR of, um, distinguished member of the regiment, of the 101st Airborne Division, they did the an air assault operation from Fort Campbell to Fort Polk flying everybody in and making stops along the way. It's That's like never been done. It is so freaking cool. So that wraps up another episode of Flyover Politics Podcast. Show this to family and friends. Go to Flyover Politics with K on SoundCloud. Email me at foppodcast at gmail.com. F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com if you want to give input on the show. For video links, you can go to Rumble. Flyover Politics is 482467. And if you want to watch Old Dude Music Review, that is 553-2123. All audio is on SoundCloud because I'm a cheap ass. And I don't want to pay another $20. Makes sense to me. Next podcast will be 7 February, year of our Lord, 2024. Until then, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yes. And thank you so much for watching. Tune in next time. Take care.